Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello. Good morning. It is a fine Sunday, a Super Bowl Sunday here on Lady Blurred Sings the Blues, a podcast where three beautiful, full-figured, talented Black women talk about their experiences and perspectives moving through this world. I'm sometimes V. Over here, we got Miss Kylie Too Smart. And also on my left is Prowess the Testament. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's a lovely Sunday. <laughs> All right, so we're, let's start off with our usual business. Uh, we have this thing called, uh, we know what it is. It's basically we check in with each other, making sure that everything is good. Um, so how is your week, Prowess? Um, good. Um, I'm getting, uh, I was getting pretty better. So I've been dealing with most people. If you've been tuning in, you know, for the last four weeks, I've been sick um, with bronchitis and just trying to, uh, I've tried everything from antibiotics that I don't like taking to everything and nothing has worked really much other than just resting. And it's just a natural progression of like, it's just, you have to get better. Um, right, like for most people who've had bronchitis before, or you like take a steroid, which I'm just not willing to do, get rid of a cough. Like I'd just rather process it until it's gone. But yeah, so I was I was doing so much better. I was not having coughing fits in the day. And then this morning happened and it snowed and it just got really cold in the house because I wasn't prepared that it's gonna snow in. And so I had a coughing bout this morning. So I'm a little upset about that because I was just kind of like, it was just, 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 just disheartening because I was feeling so much better. And I was just having issues at night when I was laying down, which, you know. So other than that, it's been a wonderful week. Um, I so much enjoyed performing with the Four Eyed Heart Throb yesterday. They were amazing. Um, shout out to MC Lars, MC Front A Lot. Shame for the Dark Lord and Mega Ray and our, our friends and, and, and loved ones. And uh, yeah, it was it was quite a performance. They were dressed to the nines and um, and all their gear. And uh, I loved all the costuming. Um, very, very wonderful. And it was awesome to just be in, in conversation with everyone that joined. And so, yeah, it was an awesome performance. We had a great time. We had a great post after party chat and I just had a good time. It was like, I felt relaxed and uh, yeah, that was fun. And I got a chance to meet Susan Colt, which was pretty awesome. And uh, she lives not too far away from me. And um, that was uh, I, without, because I didn't also want to be hot and be like, oh my God, it's Susan Colt. And I was kind of nerding out. Because anybody who's touched the, the, the hem of the garment of Alex Trebek, even if he's made fun of you for your nerdcore <laughs> music references. I yeah, rest in peace to rest the legend. And like 30, <laughs> how, 36 seasons, whatever, of Jeopardy, like, I mean, we still haven't found, there has been still no real replacement for him. It's someone who can't be replaced. So yeah, that just made my night though, meeting Susan Cole. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations on your performance. I actually, I unfortunately missed it, but I'm glad to hear that went well and that you're that you're on the mend to recovery. <laughs> like I remember like earlier this month or even, five oh my God, weeks. it's February. In five weeks, yeah. <laughs> January. So we're gonna get through, we're gonna get through. I'm making it, and you ladies have been instrumental to making sure I stay optimistic about it, which is great. I don't feel like I'm being, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I got support, so. 
yeah, you got support. You got the blessings on blessings from the light above you. Yes. Uh, with that virtual background. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of kind of like our Valentine's not Valentine special. Like what we, it's we're, we're pink and, well, I'm sorry, Kylie, you do have the, the red, the red yeah, flags behind you. That's not very lovely, but it's, it's patriotic. <laughs> Eventually we'll figure out. But happy Valentine's Day either way to you and um, and share, share something. I, I'm eager to hear how, how your week has been. Oh my goodness. My week, um, it's interesting because there's like the extreme highs and the extreme lows. Mm -hmm. like, there's really, I really wish sometimes that life would chill and I could get like a middle, just like a cool <laughs> middle. Like, can we get some middling in here? That would be nice. So the first high is, um, it's my mom's birthday today. Hooray, happy birthday, mom's birthday. day. Happy birthday, mama. Yay. And um, I've been trying, cause I've been going to the gym. So I've been trying to get her to come to the gym with me. And she was actually just like, prescribed physical therapy at the gym with me. So they're like, hey, I'm like, hey, look, mom. That's a gift. No excuses. It was a gift. They're like, go to the pool two times a week. And I'm like, oh, what a what a hard trip. We gotta go. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. We gotta go to the pool for Oh <laughs> no. Right? Work on our health together and oh, have some life is hard. Um, and like that's been great I've been feeling physically a lot better um, like last time we checked in I think like I had taken out my IUD um, I tried um, salt S-A-A-L-T which is like a, another mm. little form of a cup and that is actually working for me now because I wasn't able to use them before just because of how my um, flow was so now I'm able to use that and I love it it's Girl. Okay. Wait, you're using you're using like a diva cup. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I love those. Those are yeah. great. Oh, I was able to use Yes, S A A L T is um the brand that I've been using. They're regular size. Um, because I was kind of worried about it because I'd never used one before, and then my mom was like, "Wow, oh, tilted pelvises," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> but no, I just tilted pelvises. People mopping all over that pelvic floor. <laughs> I was just like. Oh. <laughs> so I tried it. I liked it. It was comfortable. There was no like irritating rubbing. It mm -hmm. was easy, lemon squeezy. My flow has been regular. Like I haven't been passing giant clots or anything like that. So health wise, I'm feeling amazing physically. That's <sighs> great. Like it feels weird because I feel like that like aging in reverse process or like when you didn't realize how like bad your body was hurting until you start getting to a place of being able to stretch and having full ranges of motion and being mm -hmm. able to do the physical activities and not have them be like so exhausting the energy is like coming back so you look lovely I'm... and dewy too thank you it, it lovely it... and dewy yeah that's true <laughs> I've been um, putting a lot of energy and love back back into myself during during this time. Um, 
and that's really I think been helping me move through some of like the other mental difficulties and like stresses I'm still dealing with lawyers with the house I'm still dealing with my trustee and dealing with lawyers is a whole other ball game right because it's like you present your case and then they say yes and then yeah. they you and then they're like oh put this retaining fee and it's just like well I have a time crunch on this mm-hmm. if you could just go ahead and make make this happen and it's like really having to stay on top of people I don't know like you get this idea um in your mind as a child that if someone's like a professional that like that means that they're a professional and you forget nope people and I literally have to call you all the time to make sure that my stuff is getting done or that if we have an appointment at two o'clock and I call you're not like oh I'm rushing out for lunch I was like I don't care we had an appointment at two o'clock like oh wow this is my livelihood this is my money I need you to get together honey get it together get it together honey yeah and it's hard when those things happen because there is the filter that goes through my mind of am I getting this treatment because I'm a black woman? Right. Right. And it's just like, it's really hard not to see that part of it is. And well, it's not well, because you're black, Kylie. I treat well, everyone I, like this. Immediately everyone. Immediately, as you said that, I was like, mm, and then what? Also, um, uh, struggling as a woman, like I went to go get my car service, just regular maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. oil, rotate tires top off the fluids I dropped my car off and I was like I made sure to ask them I'm like okay so you're going to rotate my tires you're going to fill up my fluids you're going to change my oil my filter these are the like and clean my car like it comes I'm taking it to the dealership these are things it's that a like, package. like it's a package I right. when I get my car I should expect it to be washed the inside should be wiped out like and I've kept my car clear like there's nothing in it so it's really noticeable when I come back and I notice these things haven't happened. So it's like I came and I had to, I was like, oh, I had a, a mixed moment of like, I walked to the dealership. So it's like, oh, I walked to the dealership and I walked home and I was like, oh, I'm walking home, which is a feeling that I didn't have before. Up that big ass hill? Yes, I made it, I made it. Wait, did you good. did you go up Hillby or Broadway? No, I went up Sonoma. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so Seaside for prior, for Priorist's context, it, it's a slope. <laughs> so like basically imagine like there's a peak and then like the slope goes down and then you hit the ocean, right? So okay. there isn't like really any cliffs unless you go to like Big Sur. But like, I remember walking from like the bottom of like Broadway, which is now called Obama Way. Oh, and, <laughs> and I had to walk what felt like like the blocks are massive, by the way. So they're not right. like when you see when you say blocks, they're like three blocks yeah. and one yeah, block. Yeah, like two or three. That's how our blocks are. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like several blocks going back up home, and I'm like, hmm, I felt accomplished, but I don't think I'm gonna do this again. Yeah, <laughs> I felt accomplished, and I like, I really did have like a little quiet, like happy, joy, joy, cry moment. I was like, I'm walking home. I was like, oh. I've never had that feeling before because like I said, a lot of my housing when I was growing up was transitional or it was like, oh, this is a program. So yeah, you have this apartment for like a year or two, but it's not really yours. And and so like right. having a home, um, someplace I can like literally walk back and I was like, oh, this is this is what people like want to be able to do is like walk in their neighborhoods and walk home. Like, oh. So I had that yeah. lovely, joyous feeling.
know. Is my girl is my girl did, gone? Did finally freeze or did we okay? No, yeah, because you're not frozen. Yeah. I'm not frozen. I'm still here. I'm thawed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just she was so excited and then it just Oh wait, now you're back. Oh she's oh, back. I'm back. Oh no. Yeah, you froze a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> um we can we can transition over to my week if that's okay. But yeah, kudos to you. I yeah. I didn't grow up in traditional housing, but I did grow up in low income housing. And like that was always like a thing where you're always on edge and like it didn't matter if you like go home. Like there's always somebody else like that's like always all up in your business or like, you know, you have people who are just do these random inspections. Like we would get notifications, but it was just like it was like, oh, okay, let me like frantically clean up my room so that way it's up to par so we don't get kicked out. Like it was a lot of that. Um, my week has been going pretty good. I actually did a lot of like supporting a bunch of friends uh, over Twitch. Um, I saw Dying of Exposure. Oh yeah, you that were. That was hilarious. <laughs> Dead ass. Like <laughs> the dungeon mommy has a thing going, dude. Like that's like, I had a good time watching that. And I, I think my favorite part is when you guys were kind of kikiing at the beginning and uh, you didn't, he, y'all didn't realize that you were streaming. And then like, you know, Kadesh just reveals this like very huge detail about himself. <laughs> and then like your guys' dungeon master is like, oh, we're actually streaming like right now. And Kadesh's face, you just saw all of the melanin fall out because of how like, he was like, shit, people saw that? People saw that? And then sometimes V is also here. And then he goes, man, oh, saw it. he's never going to let me live it down. Totally <laughs> embarrassed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was great. And like a, like triple A Ron was there. And like, I love how he just interacts with you in the chat. So like, he's like laughing because I'm making a bunch of dumb jokes in the chat. So I felt yeah. like even though I wasn't like part of the group, I felt still like involved as a person in the chat, which being in the chat is important. So like if you're a Twitch streamer and like you haven't done your service as being in the chat and hyping everything up, you need to reconsider what you're doing because like it's always good yeah. to go and like hype up your friends and be funny and like, you know, echo everything that's going on. Just keep it live and like, live and happy uh, but no i had a good time like that i i want to see more episodes now <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so i saw that and then i saw the debut of um damn celine's uh, modded breath of the wild stream yeah so yeah. That. yeah how was that? it was cute it was it was a very cute like and like funny situation <laughs> like it I love the mod that that uh, they made, uh, and Selinkle is adorable. Like the pink yeah. hair, basically looks like damn Selene. Um, <laughs> and the amount of derpiness that happens in Breath of Wild, like damn Selene was like reliving it because I actually did a recent playthrough just to be like, oh, where am I at? Am I pretty good? And I'm still making dumb mistakes where I'm like, 
I've been playing this game for like a year and a half straight and I'm still making these dumb like mistakes where I'm bombing myself to falling off of edges and then I accidentally die for no reason even though I'm like really strong. <laughs> so um so watching watching them play it it was cool because I felt like oh okay they're just probably more experienced than I am and they're still making the dumb mistakes. So this is great. <laughs> But I had a good time watching uh and other things that have been going on are like i have a lot of personal nuancey things that are happening but hopefully those will get resolved soon um you know i i'll say like you know rest in peace to my uncle chris who recently passed away um it was a sudden thing and so luckily the family is is large and in charge and they're taking care of a, a lot of the uh, memorial details so kudos to um you know my uncles and aunts as well as like you know my my cousin Shalia who's been like doing a lot of the emotional taking in a lot of the emotional um intake uh from other folks and being just very firm so i i appreciate her, her a bunch but also I, i i not that she listens to these podcasts but like i also hope that she uh she takes the time to recollect herself as well because that's a hard job All right. Uh so that's it for um that's it for <laughs> how's my week and also I just realized <laughs> because I'm a dumb dumb <laughs> that my voice isn't picking up when the speaker view is happening. So like while I was talking it just showed Prowess's face the whole time. <laughs> so like Prowess you, you are a ventriloquist. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't even get a chance to like do any kind of like you know yeah oh, no man. it's okay and even if you guys would have told me it like out out there like it would have been fine but oops my bad so yeah you're a ventriloquist now uh you told my whole story <laughs> <laughs> um that's fine so well, um with you and yeah i'm well, yeah. yeah sending rest in peace to your uncle and and uh it's a it's a lot i feel like it's just this year it's been so many condolences but losses or just it's never hit you you know what i mean it's just because the grieving period has just not been long enough for people right grief is different i feel like we can we can definitely open up a can of worms about this like another time but grief is the older you get grief hits you differently like i remember being a kid and just crying like just yeah. crying at services and now mm-hmm. being older it's like there's a sense of like bitter acceptance but yeah. like you can't stay like hung over it you know what i mean like and that's something that no one teaches you is like how do you move on without feeling bad and so that's just something that's just interesting and the circumstances with my uncle like he wasn't that old um so it was just something that caught everyone off guard um yeah So that's the thing that's just like weird. So and then also I think it's who what is your position to is just like being self-aware like grief is allowed to affect anybody in the party who is affected. But it's like it's also one of those things like I didn't see my uncle every day even though I have much love for him. So it's like how, learning how to position yourself of like relative to the situation which is like a weird weird that I just kind of like or phrase that I just kind of like rendered but like I'm not going to sit here like crying 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 like no one wants that 
I have to find a way to like be productive or helpful. So that way it gives other room for other folks who really need to like release that, that the release those emotions and without, you know, I guess being the main person for it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's really hard for me to say what I'm trying to say, but it's basically like, you're not the main person affected, but you're still affected. It's weird. Kyla, you're going to say something? No, I was going to say it's like, um, I think it's like that in all families, right? Depending on, especially like generationally, because it's like you have that whole history of like the childhood growing up together, all of these memories um, that come to the surface that comes with like all of these deep, deep, deep emotions, right? And then if you are like the niece, right? Then it's just like, okay, so my my feeling and love and understanding of you is different, right? Because you don't have like this whole litany of, you know, memories and emotions tied to this person, but you still have the familial love. And it's like, you're right, you, you need to have people who understand how to take up um, emotional and energetic space and like how to support the other people in your family that you know are going to be affected more deeply by this passing and I think that is something that's just like a, a generational thing that we all learn and carry yeah so, yeah 100% all right um so moving along um let's talk about some fun things this week uh usually uh we, we joke around and say we're Lady Blurds sings the blues, like not everything that we're going to talk about is going to be freaking dandy and sweet and happy and optimistic. Uh, we got to like start, sometimes acknowledge the nitty gritty and the dirty of things. And it, just because it's like it's a part of growth. Um, but this week, let's talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> So Super Bowl is happening today. We, we, you know, for me, I always consider the Super Bowl as people who can use their artistic creativity for commercials. And also there's a wonderful halftime show that has nothing to do with the football game because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not really about football. You guys might feel differently, but I, I'm not really, really into it. Like, I think I stopped watching after, um, now I forgot his name. No, he was in the Raiders and he was in the 49ers and he was like number 80 or something like that. I'm like, um, they wear tights, right? And touch a ball. No, I know his name. I know his name. Oh my God. I'm struggling. He was, was like a Raiders fan. So I'm not sure. Uh, I almost said Rick Ross, but I know it's not Rick Ross. Like, <laughs> Wait, like Jerry Rice? Maybe? Jerry Rice! Yes. <laughs> I'm like, that's the only part, uh, because, of, yeah, I wasn't a 49ers fan, but I'm like, gotta Jerry be Jerry Rice. Rice. Yeah. Fried chicken king. Not chicken. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I, loves. Right. <laughs> Good. Okay, I like. I know that there's more players. Like, I like Richard Sherman, and I also like Marshawn Lynch a lot, because a lot of their, their community service that they've done, uh, but... Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention since Jerry Rice was mainly playing. And so I'm just like, I kind of don't care. And then also the whole thing with like Colin Kaepernick. I'm like, I especially do not care. But I will watch the halftime show because they're fun. Yeah. Oh, 
Um, I, I have that approach too, but mostly because I, as a person of color, I mean, come on, there's a little bit of like issue with the NFL and, you know, putting, putting the bird out there without, without hinging too much on it. Just like, I find that problematic still that like, there's one who I find completely, you know, I love Mike Tomlin. He's so handsome, but, um, yeah, one head, one black head coach and like no ownership, none. Like I just, it's just too hard for me. So I find that hard. So I'm like, I'm very much rooting for everybody black, which for me means rooting for OBJ, who I'm not a fan of at all. Um, but in this case, like I'm rooting for the Rams. Let's go. Cause I need, I need everybody black. I need OBJ to get this. I need him to get his Super Bowl. But that's what I need. My homes yeah. couldn't do it. Wait, so who's 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 OBJ again? Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, homie with the with the frosted tips, with the with the, with the, <laughs> the frosting, and uh, yeah, he's um his son is expected to be born today, so um this is exciting for him because like I mean hopefully he wins and like your your kid being born on the day you win like he and his uh his uh partner are expecting their first child today. But so. also like. Even if you don't win, your son is born today. You win. Like that's a win. Yeah, exactly. And it's a big move. I mean, he had a lot, he had a big struggle um, without going into too much of his background. Just he's um, a prodigy athlete. Like he was uh, lettered or um, basically uh, an Olympic athlete, Olympic level athlete in soccer and track um, and basketball and in football. So he had the choice of, what sport he wanted to draft into. Literally, he was either going to be a track uh, Olympic competitor or he was going to um, play football. And he chose to play football, which is um, for a wide receiver, like that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. And he could have chosen soccer or, um, and been just as, I mean, he was just as good of an athlete. He was just as much of a prodigy on any of those sports. So he struggled a lot with finding the right team and the NBA was playing him like I'm a, the NFL. I'm sorry. I was playing him like he wasn't really, um, you know, he was he struggled a lot. He's from Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's um, he just, you know, a, a, a young guy coming into that age where he's almost 30. It's time for him to win. It's time he's got this team now. He's picked up with the Rams and look at what happens. Like it's really just to show this explosive player. You know, he's had a lot of personal, personal jams. <clears throat> but I think there's a level of like sometimes you find the right place and then you're it comes together for you. Maybe you're you're you act out and he did did a lot of things like that, emotional explosions, because maybe he just wasn't in the right space and now he's right. found a home. Yep. Um, so I'm hoping, yeah, go Rams, like G-E-A-U-X Rams, because, you know, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, so we're going to say, let's go Rams, and I need OBJ to get this one. <laughs> I, I I like that. I I, I remembered <laughs> my only one-dimensional say on that is, like, that man is too fine. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> not to be that person, that man is too fine. But, yeah, I'm always down for, like, you know, anybody that's not Tom Brady to just to just get theirs you know like because that has been like so annoying where I felt like it was three Super Bowls in a row where I saw Tom Brady's face I'm like but why 
like make it interesting. Like there's, there's a little bit of storytelling that I do like about football where it's like, they use the celebrity players to kind of emphasize like where they're at to hype up the energy, to make people feel more passionate. Yeah. I just felt so, it just felt like he, he wasn't really like, he felt like an antagonist figure (laughs) in sports where he's like, I kept winning and I'm always going to keep winning and look at my rings. And I'm just like, please, anybody else, just anybody else. It could be, it could be, um, OBJ, it could be Richard Sherman, it could be anybody else, like bring Colin Kaepernick in. Like I just somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm rooting for. I need this is important and it's important for Louisiana. It's important for like, you know, for for so much. I just think that like this year, with everything happening with for people who are familiar with the Brian Flores case where he's suing, uh, has a first class uh litigation against the NFL for uh, essentially racism um, because there is only one black um, head coach and he felt like he was unfairly fired and targeted even though he was winning and it's like when you're in a culture where you have oh. it works you know much with the franchises where they have to agree to ownership like you can't just come in and buy a team doesn't matter how rich you are right um, and that just changes the scope of a lot and so him calling it a plantation complex and stuff and it's like it needed to be said but he's it's not like he's got a lot of support. It's very much like Kaepernick. He knew that he's going to probably never get a coaching or job again um, anywhere. And so it's a lot. And yeah, people fighting for equality in that level is like, there are people still out here doing that, like the civil rights movement. And we're in 2022. And this is the NFL that has 1,700 uh, players, 1,100 of which are, are Black, 70%. And yet, there's no black leadership. That's right. a problem. Absolutely. Like I, oh, sorry, yeah. it looks like Ky- I was ready for Kylie. Kylie looks no, like Kylie, she was about Kylie to say something. I know Kylie that. yawned. She's like, huh. no, <laughs> like it's, it's not a yawn. Like I think about the football like industry and like it really just makes me want to cry, <laughs> um, just because of like the physical expectations and like the brutality of that game and ways in which they are expected to use their bodies. Um, And then when I think about even that like track of even before, like not even having requirements on grades and um, other aspirations outside of like, you're going to dedicate your body to this sport until it breaks you and then after Oh, well. Um, And then you just see like where there's there's documents out there there that show the type of damage that comes with playing long term and and the type of spinal injuries and the head injuries. It's like and you see it and like people live for these injuries and pay for it. And it's just like human beings haven't really evolved past the Colosseums and like Sparta and blood sport. And it just makes me so depressed. As yeah. someone who's like chosen a path of like trying to heal people's bodies and like get them out of pain, and it's just like, mm. yeah, yeah, it just, it just hurts me inside. It's it fine. Is, it I'm, is, when I'm you think about up. that, I, I, which on a more lighthearted note, I guess to add yeah, to that sorry. is just the fact I, no, no, I felt like I put it in a very negative place. So I'm gonna try to em- elevate this back up a little bit to just say the one thing that I feel like it 
does channel and then we can sort of we can toss pivot over to the the halftime show and entertainment part (laughs) but like the one thing that I will say is that people like I'm just thinking of OBJ just because he is playing but like think about this kid who's like has been I mean he went to you know top schools in in New Orleans and from the time he was like 10 and 11 years old has been training physically I mean he's coming up on his 30th birthday right so it's like from 10 to 29, 20 years almost, you've been training to right. win this thing. And that is your, like, everything else is, you know, secondary. Like, yeah, he played other sports. He was great at other sports. But, like, this has been a, a goal, lifetime goal. And there's something about that that is, like, pretty exciting about, like, reaching your lifetime passion of, like, this is the big game. This is the big, is. the big chip. Like, Laying down legacies, right? Yeah, this trophy and to get that Gatorade poured on you at the end of the game and to just, you know, <laughs> that basking in the glory of like, I've been dreaming of this my entire life. And there's there's a little bit of like, that makes me cry in a different way, like really emotional for these young kids who are now adults, you know, and like, just like, you saw your dream come true, even yeah. if you just got to the Super Bowl. I get emotional on the other side too, where I'm just like, I see the hard work and the dedication and the sacrifice because it's like, these people know, like they're training day in and day out. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we see a game. We don't see like the daily, like uh, getting up at five, running, doing yeah. your weight, getting together, having to meet up, going out of state, leaving your family, going to train. Like we don't see all of that. That is, um, that is a lot of hard work. So it's like, I never want to downplay the work that these people are doing um, mm-hmm. or the sacrifice and the stability that they're creating in their own lives. Um, like by all means, um, yeah. I definitely like feel and appreciate all of that, but it's just like, hmm. yes, I still feel it. So I'm happy. I'm happy that they're succeeding. Yes. I just, you know, want them to have the best lives okay. that they could possibly have. Yeah. Exactly. It is emotional in that way. It is. Go black man, go black man, go. Like, (laughs) that's really at the end of the day. I just want to see all my people succeeding and happy Mm -hmm. and thriving. Mm -mm -mm. Speaking of which, can we talk about, are there, so have you, have you guys thought about what commercials you're interested in seeing or you want to skip right to the like? (laughs) Oh, Yes, there is a commercial that I will quickly shout out because I have been a fan of this person for a long, long time. And I'm really glad to see her like transition more and more up into like more, more like the mainstream. And so Butterscotch, Bebop or Bebop, Bebop. Bebop's artist, uh, she is, um, she did a commercial with Will Smith. Like they're, they're reciting the rap from uh, the Fresh Prince and like she beatboxes at the beginning. And so I'm excited for that to like debut. And I'm like so happy for her because I'm like, yes, queen, let's go. So I, I, I'm excited for that commercial to launch. Like it's, it's going to be really dope. And it's just like a, it's a vocal collage. So like multiple people are reciting the rhyme uh, with, with Will Smith starting it essentially. Uh, so oh, cool. I'm excited about that. Um. Totino's pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> 
<laughs> their commercials um, have been so lit. <laughs> they, really, they really don't care. They shake it up. They make all like the funny, like satirical social commentaries, and like they they really like poke fun in a really just great loving way. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to the Totino's pizza roll commercial. <laughs> that's actually cute. I'm looking forward. That's the, the both of those I'm looking forward to because I've not seen either one of those two. So um, that is now on my list. And and I'm most looking forward to um, I love Zend- Zendaya when you were saying that. I was just like, there's a lot like same deal. I'm just really rooted for her since she was a kid. And um, same deal. We're seeing somebody young grow up and just really come into her her own and she's doing her thing on euphoria and hbo drama i love that but the fact that like her and andre 3000 and i'm not even like that much of a fan fan of squarespace or they host my website so i'm like you know whatever but the commercial makes me so much more like driven to be like i will stay on the squarespace platform i'm in y'all got me for the next i don't need lifetime this commercial Andre 3000 narrating anything, but all this alliteration, the, uh, you know, Sally selling seashells by the seashore to selling shiny seashell sequin skirts and sarongs or whatever, all of that stuff I love. And I'm just like, who else better than Andre 3000 and Zendaya? But shout out to Zendaya for just being amazing and just coming into her own. I just love her. So. Yeah. Like I've seen a couple of uh, just her acting aside from Spider-Man, like I've yeah. seen clips of Euphoria, which I haven't watched Euphoria because what is it on HBO Max or whatever it is. Like I don't yeah. have that, I don't have that streaming service. Um, but some of her acting, it's like it's very like it's deep. <laughs> like it's so oh, deep. And yeah. for her to be for her to have like the stance of like being like. I call it kind of like the dormant like femme, like the angry dormant femme where it's like, she's like very like cool and collected. But then like once things like really hit the fan, she gets really, really mad. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. Like Malcolm and Marie was like another movie where it's like, I couldn't watch the whole thing of that because I was getting like triggered. But it was like this back and forth of them arguing back and forth where they one person has a point and then the, the other person like is thinking about that point and then they come back at each other and start arguing again. It's, it was just a lot of like relationship dynamic trauma for me, but yeah, that acting was just like, yo, I feel that on a weird level, but, and it's like, yeah. it's really good. Like, <laughs> and see y'all sister cause really? she's from Oakland. So y'all get to claim her on a whole different level because I mean, Oh, do we? <laughs> Oh, do it. <laughs> that's a claim because like that's the that's the hometown homie y'all got it like that is it and I love the fact that like her her mom um is set, like without being a helicopter parent I I love that her mom has just been like I don't know she it's very hard I feel like to like be a parent to someone in Hollywood. I don't know how the heck you do that. I don't know how you do that and keep your kids grounded and on the on the floor like this this woman is like for 25 she is just focused but it's not but she still has fun and she still still is you know dating Tom Holland and she's still she's still like 
living her life and doing her dream and pursuing her craft. But like her mom is just like, I give her mom all the props. I saw her talk to um, Beyonce's mom, uh, Tina Knowles. And um, just the fact that, you know, her mom is, is just like, she's just perfect. <laughs> I don't know. I just fell in love with her. It is awesome. I mean, you know, she, she, um, manages to really like, that's such a balance. I don't know. I feel like that's the like joy of parenting really just watch your child, like pursue their dream, but also just be grounded and not have to like, not wilding out here, not, you know, though you have access to all this thing, you play this, you know, drug ridden teenager on euphoria. And like a lot of that feels like there is definitely some, some of that she's, it just feels so authentic that she didn't just like watch, a, you know, a drug addict on TV and imitate this role or whatever. Like there probably has been some experience that she's had or seen or whatever, or she went to clinics or she went to uh, rehabs or whatever to do this work. And she plays it with authenticity. And like people are asking her questions because there are teens where it's like, that's a real thing. That's that this happens. So I just love her mom and the fact that like her mom was just kind of saying, which I think is also really interesting that as, as a white woman raising a woman of color, like teaching my daughter to be proud of her, of her background, but also at the same time being very grounded in the fact that she's a black woman in Hollywood. And when she's bringing, I'm coming with her to the audition and it's like, are you the nanny? Like, what's your, who are you? What are you, you know what I'm saying? Just in her ability to just like, her mom is awesome for just kind of like learning how to navigate all of that. So shout outs to that. That's a lot. I've never <laughs> heard the scoop on her parents. So like, I'm really glad that you, you gave us that take. Um, I knew that, you know, she grew up with, you know, a black father and a white mother, Yeah. but I didn't realize like how involved the parents were like, it's much. Yeah. And whenever I hear parents involved with careers, I get a little like, Mm, yes because because of the fact of like the thing with Britney Spears and like I've also seen I've been in education where I've I've seen parents just just basically like just overtake and suck up all the air in the room for their child and it's like I know that you're giving the the initial stepping stones for them to actually start their career or even just start to to spark their interest in an area yeah. where they probably were like, I don't know how to start because, you know, you have to guide children. Right. Exactly. But then there's like an aspect where it's like a lot of the air gets sucked out of them and it, it really kind of ruins the experience for them where it makes them feel like, am I a pawn to my parents? Do my parents think that I'm going to have to pay them back? Like, it's just like this whole weird relationship. So I'm whole, I'm glad to hear that you're kind of outlining this. Cause it sounds like she's really just doing this on the best interest for her daughter. Yeah. But not necessarily expecting something in return, which I'm yeah. sure Zendaya like is very wholesome and she's not going to like, you know, make her parents like, you know, drown. Like, I don't think, cause like, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice, like auditions and making sure she's prepped and making sure she's healthy and all that stuff. Like, you know, um, but yeah, like, I'm glad to hear that there's kind of a healthy dynamic because yeah, I always hear like the nightmares with other parents. And like I said, being on sports teams, you can tell when certain parents are just being too damn much, you know, especially divorced parents. Cause I feel like sometimes, right. Like there is, um, 
the level of once once parents divorce and it's like which parent you know and her mom was obviously her her uh, what do you call it physically domiciled parent or whatever her mm-hmm. um her full custody parent and she and just the fact that like you know her their relationship and respecting each other's the, the boundaries and stuff that I saw and it was like she lived at home until she was 20 and like she was a star but I mean she was a Disney star at like you know as a teen so the fact that like she really facilitates that relationship with parents is like you said be sometimes um a different kind of healthy structure right no I dig it um how, how did we go from Super Bowl to uh I don't know. Day? 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 it was great oh, no pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> no you're all good good look good at morning. us look at us good, good morning, morning. <laughs> commercials it was commercials commercial Ruby Rod Ruby Rod um <laughs> So we actually were thinking about talking about what do we, what songs do we expect to hear at the Super Bowl halftime show? Um, if anybody is listening and wants to engage with us in the chat, it looks like we got our Miss Moderator, Prowess the Testament, checking it on some things while we are chatting here. So thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, I we so the halftime show, Prowess, you said it was Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Dr. Dre and Eminem, Batman and Robin, that combo. Yeah, nice. Uh, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and of course, Janae Iko is doing the opening ceremonies with America the Beautiful. Yes, I really so. hope she brings all of her singing bowls and like really does it up. Oh, yes. that so. please bless, please do that. Oh, girl, bless the Super Bowl before, yes, because I expect her to grab some sage, like sage the field. She's <laughs> <laughs> and you get some and you get some there's some good vibes here looks like you need some good vibes here are you a negative nancy here's a positive patty some exactly. good vibes here blessings <laughs> upon your kneecaps <laughs> they never crack. but yeah i i think i think it's gonna be good i think she's gonna do great I just hope that like they camera pan over to Big Sean a bunch because Big Sean is kind of like one of my favorite rappers in the mainstream scene. Mm-hmm. So I hope like he's just he has the face of like, man, I love this woman. Or maybe he's making a derpy face. Whether or not uh, I whatever whatever happens, I think it'll be fun. The last football game too with the like calling him uh Sarah Michelle Geller. And I love this um at the at the quarter semifinal, sorry, the, at the last uh, football game of the Kansas City game, um, and they're sitting next to each other. And the caption, I think, uh, where they were sitting was probably originally where Sarah Michelle Geller um, was supposed to sit and Freddie Prince Jr. So they have uh, him labeled as, as Sarah Michelle Geller and Janae Aiko labeled as uh, Freddie Prince Jr. And Sarah Michelle Geller tweeted out and was like, I love it when I get confused with Big Sean. It happens all the time. <laughs> oh my god! As a Buffy, Buffy. like oh Buffy, <laughs> nothing makes me happier. <laughs> it's like I loved it. I was like, oh yes, my god, my worlds have collided in the best way. Big Sean and Buffy finally, finally. I mean, we need ourselves a black man slayer. We haven't seen it yet. 
Big Sean would be great. Listen, Josh Whedon, get your shit together. Stop abusing women. Stop, Stop abusing you know, women. being creepy and weird. And go cast Big Sean. And just hire them. us. <laughs> just hire us to do the work. We know the universe. Exactly. We'll, we'll just grab Big Sean to be our next flair. It's like, you know, let's exactly. gender bend this. Let's go. Oh, I totally know the universe. Wait, but like in the future comics, there are male slayers. And then even in the show... Girl, I'm going to tuck you back away from the spoilers. <laughs> oh, spoilers. My food is moldy. What are you doing? But spoil who you spoil your performance pick and what you're out of that. Do you have a, a person you're most interested to see and what song you want to hear from them? Oh, right. Yes. Um, I swear to God, if Snoop Dogg doesn't do pop it like it's hot. <laughs> oh, that's, that'd be a good one. Yes. You got to do that. So Snoop. How can so he not? How can he not? What, like, you in LA, you got to do something that the crowd is going to be, you know, I love that. So yeah. you're, okay, so that's your pick. That's who you want in your song. Okay. Kylie, I think you froze, but. Oh, I'm always freezing. Why? There you go. Am okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> what about you? You have to be Eminem, Dr. Dre, forget about, forgot about Dre? Yeah. Everybody want to talk? That they got something to say? Yes. Wait, what was your what was your take, Kylie? (laughs) Forgot about Dre. You forgot about Dre. Yeah, you gotta have that combo. Yeah, I like that. I think those are two good ones. I I don't have one yet. I haven't picked one yet. If I had to, I would say probably both of I I was just like, we have to have um people were like lose yourself, but I'm like. We got to have like Mary J do something like we got to have family affair. I feel like if it's not family affair, I don't know what, what <laughs> we don't need no haters. Yes. You've got to get it. Yeah. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody knows it. All ages, you know, who don't know the hater. And I love it because she's on power and like, I, everybody refers to that song while like she's in character and they're like, uh-uh, see, Monet don't need the hateration right now. No hateration. You know? and no hateration, character. just Gatoration. Let's go. <laughs> Sponsored by Gatorade. <laughs> Sponsorship that I don't know about. That Gatorade because they need that for the commercial for, yes. Electrolyte. Gatorade hit up, hit up sometimes the for your assist for assistance on your co-branding be an advisor an advisor a board a board member i could totally see v rocking that cool blue bottle like it could just be a thing please oh yes oh my gosh gatorade hit okay we're we we got a kit we're going to hit y'all with this This needs some sponsorship yes giddy 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 i would love to just like break down the wall be like like you like it's steve austin music being like gatorade so you can have your haterade out of here no hateration here like something like aggressive i I want to be aggressive commercial and then i also want the smooth jazz commercial i want you in a dark room well lit with a flower in your hair with your trombone sipping gatorade like oh you think this isn't work (laughs) please Oh my God. All right. So I got, so our takes, our takes. So we haven't covered Kendrick Lamar. Mm. I DNA. feel like I, I have a feeling he's going to tap into how to pimp a butterfly album. Oh, 
yeah. I think he's going to tap into that album. And for some reason, the name of the song is escaping me right now. Um, it's not The Stick Ain't Free. It's not that one, because that's not really a song for folks. Uh, oh, no, we lost progress. <laughs> we lost her. Like, well, then. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> The reason why I said it because like my screen went funky and at least it's speaker view, so it will toggle between the both of us. So that's good. Oh, we're cute. Look at we're us. cute. Yeah, look at us. Oh, she, she back. back. She back. She back. Oh, Maybe with could- with a is that a chair? Is that a bucket of flowers? It looks like a chair, but I love that you feel like it could be a bucket of flowers. Yeah, I. She feel- deserves to in a throne of flowers. I feel okay. like throne is better than like, bucket. It's like- <laughs> Look, it's just like a shining like manger of like whatever that is. Like... <laughs> this is prowess in her essence. She's literally she's just glittery sparkles. And that's what she is. That's what yeah. Janae Aiko sage smoke did to her. Right. Ascension. Ascension. You saw it live. <laughs> you saw it live on Twitch. Prowess has ascended. She's reached a blessed non-corporeal form. That's right. This is how she's going to shine her love on everybody. It's like, oh, it's like Valentine's Day Santa. Instead of being like Santa, you can rain your love on folks as a light. She is. Yeah, she, she is. is she is St. Valentine's. Salute. Oh, Salute to the queen. <laughs> And Kylie, you're frozen. Oh no, am I no. here alone? No. You're oh, you're still here. I can hear you. Okay, great, great. I'll never leave you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, <clears throat> so we got we got takes. We got takes. So Kendrick Lamar, something from his "How to Pimp a Butterfly" album, which will be good. Oh, Prowess is coming back. Oh, she is oh, now back in physical her. form. Not ethereal. Sorry, I think my router went out. I couldn't. Um, did, or did we crash? Oh, or we're good. We? We're good. No, we're oh, we okay. had a, a lovely time. I can't wait for you to rewatch this later. <laughs> yes, I'm so upset. I'm just like, what happened? I was just in the middle of you, a good thought about you ascended. The, you, cool you your blue thirst. <laughs> cool your blue thirst. <laughs> yes. So yes. for Kendrick Lamar, he might do. I don't want to take away your guys's picks because I would feel bad. No, go, go. I would love okay. for him to do Blacker the Berry, but something tells me he's going to do King oh. Kunta. Oh, I got a bone to pick. You think yeah. he's not going to do Humble? Dun, 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 dun. Um, I mean, maybe. Because they're all in stadium seats and like, because I feel like right now Be Humble thing became like, have a seat and then it became like have a stadium and all you know that we just started to riff on it as 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 we do as media social media culture and it became like the stadium thing so have a stadium of seats and all this other stuff so i i i, I would love to see king kunta on like that would be something <laughs> the prowess thinks it's humble um all right so are we missing anybody? I think I think we're good. You got Snoop. You got Dre. Yep. Um, Dre, I know, is definitely got to do. Come on, they got to do 
something from the chronic or something from chronic 2001. They got to do one of the two of those. He, he has to. I don't think you can get away. <laughs> but then you said Snoop. You, we said Mary. We said Eminem. Yeah, and Kendrick. Kendrick. And, and, yeah, and Janae Echols, of course, is doing America the Beautiful. So she's, <laughs> she's set. <laughs> she's set with her sage. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> And her singing bowls, which, oh my God, please let it be a thing. I really need that. <laughs> I restaged the basketball stadium. Now she has to bring singing bowls to the Super Bowl. It, this would be a hotep dream, I swear. <laughs> Did you guys remember when Kyrie staged the basketball stadium, the basketball arena? Um, oh. Before Celtics game, he walked around and then he extra staged the scoring table. Stop it. He's like ran back three or four times to be like, you gotta get smudged extra, like, cause y'all real toxic over here. This isn't this sensational. (laughs) The Boston Celtics were so mad. Uh, but like he felt there was negative energy in that space. And it was like, look, I played here, y'all treated me like crap. I didn't like the experience. I'm not coming back to play in this stadium without saging and y'all can deal with me later <laughs> the disrespect <laughs> absolutely wait Kyrie Kyrie's funny to me man like he he's like I think or actually no that's not Kyrie I was thinking about something somebody else I was thinking of Kawhi um oh yeah I think no I have nothing to say about Kyrie because I thought it was a different person how dare I look at me getting mixed up uh, thank you, Mark Phillips, for uh, having your spoofs on these basketball men. They're great. Please do more about LeBron James. I'm 36. Let's go. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and um, talk about Nerdy and Dirty this week. Ooh, Nerdy and Dirty this week. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about the chemistry of love since we are here and Valentine's is upon us. So we kind of have like three stages of love, right? We have lust, which is like the immediate. Um, and then we have <clears throat> the, the phase of like actually forming a relationship. And then we have attachments, which is like, hmm, we're going to actually stay together forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever, right? ever, forever, ever. And then in between there's like the friend zone and like what happened with the love connection that happens, right? Um, so we have... Wait, say those three, one, three, three again. Lust, attraction, and attachment. Okay. Right? So you have the immediate of just like, ooh, are you, are you sexy? Are we interested in each other? And then you have the attraction where you actually start to get to know someone and then you like develop a deeper connection. And then there's like attachment where you're just like, okay, this is now a person that I rely on. Um, My body is like adjusted to their chemistry and. Oh, I lost your audio. Yeah, I can't hear you either, Kylie. I was going to say while Kylie gets her audio back up and she renders back to us uh, is that that lust phase has gotten me into some trouble, trouble where I'm like, Ooh, I feel like there's a little something, something, there's a little sausage here. And then, and then later I find out like, do they not clean their body? Oh no. I am here. 
that's where you were like, mm, my dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin did not agree to this. No, no, nay, nay, leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the did lust- I just see a stain? <laughs> <laughs> that one got me. <laughs> you your your brain and your heart had to have a conversation 100 <laughs> percent. my brain is like um and my heart's like girl that clit's been throbbing all week you need to figure it out you, you need to make a compromised brain and my brain's like um <laughs> you just know it's just doctor's appointments deep. are expensive <laughs> <laughs> It is. So that, that throbbing clit, that's the testosterone and the estrogen. That's all lust. That's all oh. like sexual organs, totally active, taking the front. And that has nothing to do <laughs> with how you're processing feelings and emotions, right? Well, so- there's no feelings. It, when, when you're lusting, you're saying there is no feelings. It's just all, uh, it's just Lust- all chemical uh reaction to like mostly pheromones and chemicals mostly testosterone in both men and women i think a lot of people get that confused they're like oh men have testosterone and women no no there is yeah got both we got both both parties got both both parties have both um gender is a construct (laughs) what is gender Lust is purely uh, that sexual gratification. So that is purely your sex organs that that really doesn't have much to do with attraction. And it even happens in a separate area of your brain. Um, so you really can distinguish lust versus attraction. So interesting, because yeah, I mean, I, I hear V, I feel like there's been times when I feel like you can't have one without the other, but wow. Yeah. Like attraction, that's when you get the dopamine, the norepinephrine, the serotonin, those like yummy feel good, cuddling, mm-hmm. um, mm. hormones of just like, oh, that's when you start to feel high because <laughs> that's the love high when they're like, oh, you're lovesick. Um, when those chemicals start going off in your brain because it's the reward pathway in your mind. So like the same thing that happens when you eat sugar and your body's like, oh, Yum, sugar rush. More of that, please. Yeah. So anytime you're releasing dopamine, norepinephrine, which is also like closely tied to like fight or flight, that like excited mm-hmm. feeling. Um, those are all uppers. That's gonna bring you up. That's what makes you like feel like everything's lovely and rosy and pink and sparkly. Right? Yes. That's the love. The opposite side of that though, because um, any too much of a good thing is a bad thing, (laughs) right? The opposite of that is that it can make you more jealous. It can make you lashed out. Um, It can literally make you- Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Yes. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. (laughs) Speaking of Kendrick. And then when you're- (laughs) like oh I have a life I'm gonna go like spend energy and time elsewhere and people are like bitch no you ain't going nowhere you better bring my like happy love drug feeling back how dare you that's why because your brain is literally like flooded (laughs) it's not your fault it's an autonomic like thing I won't say it's not your fault (laughs) because we have to be (laughs) cognizant right and reticent that biology is happening um so 
if you can, like knowledge is power. So once you have this knowledge, you can be like, okay, these feelings aren't coming from nowhere. I'm not crazy. I may just need to like readjust. We do may need just some, a little time apart, or I may need to like go out and exercise and, and raise those hormonal levels on my own without depending on someone else to do it for me. Because that's where like things happen, where connections become unstable and problematic, right? You start depending solely on one person for these feel-good feelings when you can reproduce them on your own um, to a certain extent, right? That is absolutely real. Um, And this is something that I've tried to explain to friends where I'm like, there's more to spending your life with one person. Like, don't center your life script around spending your time with just that one person. Cause then that's where all the interpersonal problems will start to arise. Like they're like weeds. Like once it, once it's seeded, they're gonna, they're gonna start growing and they won't stop growing unless you try to figure a way to pull it out. And so like, I get like, and I think this is probably Kylie, like maybe a, a concept behind like why people try to break up, but they keep coming back together and they break up and they come back together and they break up and they come back together because they have that weird dependency and that attachment because they feel that they can't get that, they can't reproduce those feelings with somebody else when really it takes time to recollect yourself and then try again, you know? Um, But there's like, there's, it's, it's like, it's almost like addiction. Like you're almost addicted to each other. um, An addiction because these are feel good chemicals. Um, and they, uh, you know, it, it's the reason why people chase like opiate highs or, you know, uppers and downers. It's the, these chemicals exist within us already. And whether or not we know how to access them really, I think changes how we connect with other people as well. And whether or not we're able to kind of like reward ourselves or um, be aware of our own levels. I think people who suffer a lot from like depression um, are maybe a little more aware if they've actually like been able to recognize, oh, I have this condition where this is what's going on with my serotonin levels or this is what's going on with my brain chemistry. Um, And so I think people who typically like deal with depression, it's kind of funny, are more educated on that side. Whereas people who don't, I feel like they're the ones who will typically get blindsided by love and like not really understand (laughs) what's happening um, in their brains at all. And then, and then all of a sudden when they're hit with like this backlash feeling, they're like breakups are like monumental now because it's like literally you're having withdrawals (laughs) Um, and being put in a space that you've never experienced before. Yeah, it is a, it does feel like, I mean, there's, it's a mini depression because you are forcing your body to do something that cold Turkey that like, it would be like, stop doing a drug overnight. And how can you do that after, you know, so many years of doing that drug? So I get that. Um, And then, so lastly, I wanted to talk about the attachment phase with, and the hormones that go along with that that would be um, oxytocin and vasopressin. And the reason why I think it's like so, so important um, to recognize that all, of, all three of these stages are happening in different parts of the brain um, is because we are now able 
especially like in our podcast, we talk a lot about separating like sexual partners, friendships, um, how we want to be perceived as women even, and like the kindness that we show people um, and how we attach to people and not having all attachments be sexual attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, I read an article, this was from Harvard that was put out like 2017. Um, and they talk about <clears throat> separating specifically this feeling of attachment from sexual attraction because they talk about how oxytocin and vasopressin are present when you give birth and they're very important for bonding with your child and social bonding bonding with your friends um the power of touch and cuddling and like how those feel good hormones are released and that those feel good hormones are not attached to the sexual hormones that are released because i think a lot of times people will get those confused right They're, you'll have especially if you've grown up in a, an environment that you weren't necessarily hugged a lot or touched a lot or had that familial attachment um, as a child and then later on the only other attachment feeling that you have is attached to the stages of sexuality like then things yeah. can get confusing <laughs> for some people and I think that is also just like a maturity thing a growth um, that a lot of people have to go through like is that not the teenage years in a bottle? <laughs> you know, moving from yeah. a attachment and a social attachment at home and um, growing up with your peers to now developing into an adult and exploring these other stages and these other hormones. Um, so <sighs> separating yeah. lust from attachment is important. And I think that's like one of the main topics of this, this talk is like lust and attachment are not the same. They're right. not the same. Biologically speaking, they're not the same. Not at all. <laughs> not. Um, so you can be attached to someone that you don't have a, uh, you're not attracted to. Can you have one of the three of these things and not want, like all of them? Absolutely. So we all have attachment. Um, yeah. When I hug V, when I hug you, when I see you guys on the screen, it releases oxytocin, right? right? And that's that happy, cuddly um feeling that happy cuddly emotion um and that's not attached to testosterone or estrogen so that's not attached to lust right um so these are the emotions okay so i think right now i think might be a good time to take a quick break how are you guys feeling Yes. Okay. I, I love that idea. Okay. So for those who are listening, we just got to take a quick tech check um, and we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in maybe 10 minutes. Ooh. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. Sounds perfect. Okay. All right. And we're back. Thanks for dealing with us on our quick break. Uh, sometimes there's bio breaks. Sometimes there's tech breaks. Sometimes there's children running amok. <laughs> Shout out to Sean. We love Sean. <laughs> Even though I haven't met the young man yet, but I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> yeah. Same. He loves it. <laughs> All right. So Kylie, you were talking about the three different forms of a tr- of, of love, essentially, or like how love kind of um ignites and so you're saying that the first stage is usually lust which is very like not that deep 
attraction, which is a little deeper, and then attachment, which is 100% deep. So the, deep. the, deep. the deepest, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I really like how you brought those things up because me as somebody who during the most part of my 20s, I was kind of mingling about. I didn't do a lot of like committing to folks, but also like getting into a relationship always seemed kind of cringy because like home, homie would always say like, there was always like, someone would say the wrong thing or push my buttons the wrong way, or they just completely ghost me, whatever the case may be. So I'm just like, ah, I'm just gonna be my free little butterfly self and just do whatever I want. But I am very familiar with lust and the differences between lust and attraction and, and an attachment. And right now I think I really like my current relationship now where there's definitely a lot of attachment going on. The lust didn't feel the same type of lust when I had with others. Um, but, you know, there's, I don't know, where, where was I going with this? What I was going with this is like, I feel like I have a very good emotional understanding to know the difference when I'm interacting with folks, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know, Pravis, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like I, I've been in one of those three phases and especially in the attachment phase because there's been the, like having a friend breakup. I hadn't realized like how tough that was. I, I had a lifelong friend breakup too, where it's like a friend from like seventh grade. Um, and like one of the, you know, <laughs> yeah, like right shy of like our probably 29th, 29th, 30th birthday or something like that. So recent, you know, just the whole thing was very, because I tend to think of like, oh, this is romantic, but attachment and those same feelings and those same the chemical responses that you're talking about, like, I still have that. And, you know, this is several years later now, three, four years later, and I still feel there's still a hole there from her absence. And uh, yeah, it's just not filled with, with, with that. So um, yeah. I don't yeah. know how to process that because that's different for romantic love. And I feel like, right, kind of like you've been programmed to be like, oh, you got to get over that. You got to move on. But with friendship, um, it is uh, very different. You know, it's, it's it's still those same emotions and chemicals and stuff. And I felt the same way, even though it was like, OK, it's not the lust, but, you know, like right. your friendship, it's uh, there is all the other pieces. There is the attraction piece. There is the attachment piece. There is like a thing of like you being with that person, ride or die or whatever for it, all those intimate. years. It's still intimate. Yes, it's very intimate. It's like, yeah, I mean, we were, when you're friends since the seventh grade, of course, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I feel like there's still that it's three, four years later. And it's just like, you know, our kids aren't friends. We don't connect. We don't have the same thing. And it just makes me feel like, oh, it's awkward. Yeah. Even though I've made friends and stuff and I have other friends, right? It's just not the same. One, 100. Yeah. I feel, wow. I just, you put me in a place back in my childhood where I feel like I don't have the same vibe, you know, with, with certain people who are like super close. Like now that we're older and like, I keep in touch with the same folks too. Like, and it's nothing like personal, but we don't have the same like fluidity like we used to. And I'm glad that we kind of brought this to a platonic standpoint where it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. And I say romantic by the means of like what our culture, what our culture thinks is romantic. Um, it's about finding a 
partner where you reproduce with and get married with and then you die with or maybe not die with <laughs> and then they kill you <laughs> like, <what>? okay <laughs> i watched charlie says yesterday and i was like this is obsession this is like there's an attachment but the attachment is wild bro like it was about the charlie manson girls uh or charles manson girls oh. where he had the cult oh. and i didn't realize it was one of the doctors uh from from um what's that show called with the with the exterminate homie dr who dr who uh, <laughs> exterminate <laughs> <laughs> I love your, your exterminate, exterminate, exterminate homie. homie. <laughs> oh there needs to be a compilation of me being like, what's what's their name? What's their name? Not Rick Ross, Jerry Not Rice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't realize it was one of the doctors from Doctor Who was playing Charles Manson. Like that's how good the acting was. Um, but yeah, like there was a sense of obsession and this weird, it, I like he lured them in like by using all three of the senses like simultaneously, like it was just like weird. And so like the girls would just never want to leave his side. And if they try to leave, there was like some weird, like unforeseen consequence. Like he promised them this idea of like freedom and disconnect, which he gave them, but it was just so weird how like that manifests into like, a weird delusionary state of love um and so i was just like watching this like super cringe because it almost reminded me of the of the waco texas dilemma with that cult um so i don't want to say like what kyler's trying to give us was like saying like oh you know and if you use these three aspects you can create a cult <laughs> i mean i mean we're just bags of we're just bags of chemistry so. <laughs> right Mm-mm-mm. so it's like dopamine and oxytocin it, it, anything in life you must have a balance because while we have all of these lovely feel good things there's always the turn side which is not so lovely at times yeah. um and will really make you act out of character um you know when you're not in balance and you will feel differently you will feel erratic um and this is why they're like love hurts (laughs) the other side is so painful and that other side doesn't just apply to romantic relationships it's friendships too because i do think now but now that i think on it i think one of the most like painful breakups i went through was really like my besties um especially since like if you're my friend i'm the type of person like i'm really picky (laughs) are you um, no, I, I am. For the- I'm giving you shit. Sorry. I really am. I'm giving you shit. I'm sorry. I'm so picky. <laughs> <laughs> like, my friends are like my family. <laughs> really yes, are. she I'm is. Because, because, I yes, you are. Because you picked us and you are picky. I'm picky. <laughs> Like I may talk to to her in her early twenties. I'm still surprised we're friends. (laughs) Girl, I don't care. Like I'll be like, oh, I love you. We're good friends. And then um, I understand life is happening and you got whatever you had to do for those 10 years, whatever. But if I come back, it's going to be just the same. My dopamine, my serotonin, all of that. I'll be like, yes, we're nothing happened. Nothing changed. Um, Some people don't have that. Uh, And in fact, I think there was an interesting study that was done on like 
um, people who are on the spectrum and how their relationship ties are, their attachment styles are. Um, and so it was like the ability to pick up a relationship as if no time has passed is unique to some people and other people it will degrade over time. And, and that relationship, those, the memories and the, and the pathways in their, in their mind for those chemical reactions for those people um, will fade. And so that's, you know, relationships fade, friendships fade, you grow. And that's where that idea comes from. But not everybody has that pathway. So I, that's yeah. why I'm so picky as well, because I don't have that pathway. And it will hurt me if I'm like, come back a year later or something and I feel just as intensely as I did in the beginnings of our friendship and you're like uh, who are you like you know what I mean <laughs> so yeah. yes that that's my piece on <laughs> nerdy and dirty um how do you guys feel about it was there anything that like surprised you or that you oh yeah in your life I think the main thing that surprised me was that you my thought was like, can you actually live in one of those places without, does this have to be one, be like a continuum or like linear? And it doesn't, and that's not the case, which I'm a little surprised with because I'm thinking like all things start with less. But there's also things that could start with attachment too, depending on, depending on a lot of circumstances. And I think trauma probably connected to that a lot because I'm thinking of without putting this in a negative way but like people who've had some sort of sexual trauma there is attachment sometimes but without the other two things for sure so I didn't think of it the fact that like it doesn't have to be linear and then the fact that you can have one of those things and not like continue to the next and V's example of like yeah like you can have less and it never progressed to the other two things because it's just because you're able to use your brain to frame the you know pros and cons of that situation and, and put a put a framework around it but for some people that don't have that processing ability or executive functioning that they might not be able to do that so that was something that interest that I guess that like caught me that I just didn't know years of rejection will condition that let's go <laughs> Well, like, but it's experience though, because it's kind of like when you try a drug for the first time, you don't know how it's going to affect you, but then later, then you can be like, oh, I understand this is what it's like being under the influence of this, or this is what it's like being under the influence of this. So it's like, you can kind of recognize your patterns. Um, so I'm like, hmm. It's like learning whether or not, I've, I mean, I've heard people say this, right? Like, I don't drink dark liquor or I don't drink vodka because it makes me react like this. And it's sort of that, it gives me that feeling of like, yeah, which, you know, I have to stick to this cocktail because I, I know how to measure this one better. And it doesn't like make me complete, it doesn't make me feel out of control. I'm able to drink and vibe without feeling, you know, lost or without feeling drunk or drunken or without feeling like I'm at the rate of alcohol poisoning or something that I can imbibe on this beverage. And we all, you know, that finding that whatever. And that's where it sent me to like, oh, that picking a partner is like someone who has you balanced in like those levels more so than like spiked in one, you know. Feeling out of control in love, I think is like one of the most maddening feelings. <laughs> because it's like you recognize but how do you change your brain chemistry <laughs> um and then also like that feeling of um 
I'm just going to speak for myself because I can only speak for myself, but like having someone else make you feel complete is um, a dangerous feeling. Right. And I think that's something that we talk about a lot Yes, is letting yourself complete yourself and coming as a whole person to a relationship. Um, And that includes understanding your own brain chemistry and understanding what you are like in love and like knowing when to have that push and pull so you are not lost and literally just in a love addictive cycle and everything else in your life is just like uh, on the back burner burning (laughs) burning quietly in the back burning Burning and burning happy valentine (laughs) i just named the episode it's like are you really in love are you really really yeah i'm deep in attachment thank you (laughs) yeah i love it yeah um no thanks for giving us that i feel like this was kind of just a huge reminder of like how to get your feelings in check um which is like a big thing because i know i have a lot of every so often i have someone who's kind of struggling with this and like they just don't know what to do but ultimately I also have to learn where I need to save my energy for those conversations because folks are going to do what they're going to do no matter what you tell them. And so, and especially in this territory where folks are trying to make connections, trying to get laid or trying to establish like long-term relationships, like it's, it's a weird, it's weird waters uh, to tread in. And so like, I'm glad that you brought this up. Thank you. Happy Valentine's day. Love (laughs) y'all. Um, let's go ahead and move along. I know Kylie, you suggested the topic for today's, um, Black History Month recognition, Black inventors. So, um, did you want to go ahead and get started with it? Yes. Um, so my first one, I wanted to like have a, a light, uh, reference, just something a little more fun. Um, and it's actually about the inventor of mac and cheese. <laughs> Um, so uh james hemmings is the uh inventor of mac and cheese as we know it in america and who james hemmings was was um he was a slave french uh he was actually thomas jefferson's wife's half brother (laughs) so there is yes yes okay Okay. Thomas, thomas jefferson I mean, we already know Thomas Jefferson. Yes. Just trifling. But this, uh-huh. but his the the reason why James um like sticks out to me because his story is so nuanced when you like really start reading the history and start reading between the lines. So he's Thomas Jefferson's wife, half brother. Um, Thomas Jefferson takes him to France, so he learns all of this. Um cuisine he learns he's a chef you know he learns the trade and then when they come back to the states they go back um i think to pennsylvania and it's not a slave state so now thomas jefferson has to pay him and there's like a bunch of letters of thomas jefferson like being like um i'm paying you and i i've raised you and i'm trying to befriend you and uh it gets better because james is like well we're not in a slave state and i went to 
France and they don't have slavery over there and I want to be free and I should be free. Um, and so he starts negotiating for his freedom and he gets his freedom. But yes. in exchange, get, in exchange <laughs> for his freedom, he has to teach his other siblings how to cook because Jefferson can't go without this French cuisine. Um, Unreal. Unreal. And then there's letters where Jefferson's like, I paid for him. I befriended him. And he has the audacity to want his freedom. And I'm just like, yes, fool. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Jefferson, I'm paying you with exposure. You come back to my plantation and show me how to make that damn mac and cheese. Show me how to boil some water. <laughs> right back in the day it was what macaroni pie because uh, over in italy and france or wherever they were doing their mac and cheese they were just you know cheese and noodles when they were like mm, cheese noodle seasoning and let's bake it and make it delicious uh thank you black excellence so <laughs> james hemming's incredible history like there's just so much we can just keep going on and on and on and on um about how he moved through life negotiating your freedom Wow, just the fact that you have to play. The stakes are high. <laughs> the stakes are still high. Um, so the fact that he was able to do that and boss up and of course he left behind a legacy that is much larger than mac and cheese. Um, but as we all enjoy mac and cheese here in America, yeah. it's definitely part of holidays. Like you can't separate black culture and mac and cheese. You can't do it. So thank you, thank you, James Hemings for mac and cheese. It's ours and it's forever ours and it's always gonna be ours. I really love the fact that how just historically black people have always been able to just like, what food can we make with limited resources? Ah, this, and it's gonna be the best damn thing that's entered your mouth. As I'm having a grilled cheese right now, which got me thinking, somebody invented this beautiful sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> somebody had to <laughs> anybody in the chat if you know who invented the grilled cheese please let us know <laughs> uh Paris, did you have an inventor that you wanted to kind of um, chitty chat i'm gonna about? come back to my food one i have a food one too but i'm gonna say first because as a performer this without this particular device there is no way that you know, you, I, I would survive and we wouldn't even be able to do what we're doing today. And it's the microphone um, that I did not know until uh, this weekend was um, that the uh, transducers and all of the system technology, the electric technology in the microphone was created by um, a black inventor named James West, a technologist from Temple University. And just the fact that like, this, I mean, it's mass production of uh, of this of microphones. Um, he has like 250 patents on microphones. So even what we're using on Zoom, your baby monitors, hearing aids, the one in our phone, like he owns the patents on all of those. Um, so just pretty, you know, how could I couldn't survive without the microphone? It's such a key part of my life, and it is my scepter. So, you know, supreme mic check is my scepter. So yeah, I just like. Shout out to uh, to that because I didn't know that until you said it was Dr. Weekend. James E. West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, like no, seriously. I, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast without him. 
Like, yeah, we're doing this podcast because there's the microphone. I also have an additional microphone on my camera. Um, I have a couple of microphones in the back and maybe it wasn't manufactured by him directly, but the blueprint is there. The technology and the, the design and the, 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 the tectronics in the, the transducer technology. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Like, yeah, like Keep everyone I know, we need that. Slugging <laughs> and chugging, you nerds. Look at your legacy could be never ending. You never know. Yeah, I'm sure he cringes every time there's a mic drop. Obama mic drop. The <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I can. Oh, wait, did you say that you had a food one too, Paris? I do potato chips. I do potato potato chips. chips. Mm-hmm. Do, you want to, do you want me to go ahead and do mine and do, then you do yours again? And then we'll come back to potato chips because, yeah. yeah, let's go yeah. back around to Kylie, then, then I'll talk about Choji potato moment. <laughs> So refrigeration has been a huge thing for society in general. Um, without for refrigeration, like, it really helps us kind of keep our food in a long, more longer state. So that way we're not buying food and it goes bad immediately, or we're able to like meal prep in advance or do whatever we can. Um, and then also the shipment of like food from location to location has been a big deal. Like they think that's really revolutionized um, just, just the access of making sure that we have the ingredients that we would like to have instead of going out and foraging though, even though foraging should be a skill that everybody should have. I know that not a lot of people have gone to it because, you know, society evolves. So um, the person who invented the refrigerator truck, Black Inventor, um, his name is Frederick McKinley Jones. He's a self-taught engineer because, you know, just back in the 1800s, I mean, that's what you got to do is self-teach and so self-teach for success because not a lot of resources were happening for Black people because of the obvious the oppression was real, um, is real till this day. Yeah. Till this day. Um, but yeah, he, he was, um, he was born in 1893 in Cincinnati, Ohio to a white father and black mother, which is also taboo to have interracial relationships. Um, he had a talent for mechanics and electricity. And while he was, uh, wasn't working, um, he was just kind of like tinkering and just kind of figuring out like how electronics like work and how it came to be. Um, finally, when he was about 20 years old, he was able to get an engineering license in Minnesota. Um, with upkeeping his skill, he did uh, serve in the U.S. Army as their engineer for repairs to machines and other equipment. And then after the war, uh, Jones would go to create his world-changing invention in 1930s, the refrigerating or the refrigerated truck. Um, so obviously it was mostly used for perishable foods, perishable foods and goods to be transported long distance and eventually overseas. What's crazy about that though, is like, I'm sure not to get morbid, but like refrigeration has been used in other aspects aside from food just to keep things cool. And that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to keep talking past that. Cause that got really dark really fast. And I don't know why my brain said, send me those intrusive signals to talk about refrigerating other things that are not food, uh, but there's also like medicine. Yes. Uh, so medicine's medicine. a big deal. Yeah. Medicine. Yes. 
Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's the inventor of the refrigerated truck. Uh, let me go ahead and show a picture uh, of him because I completely like did not upkeep the stream like I should have because go me. Uh, but yeah, like it, I think it's like something that we we all take full advantage of um, and like we need it, right? Like what's the first thing that happens when the power goes out? We're like, oh my God, like the food or the freezer or like whatever, right? And so like- Buy a new fridge. And let me tell you that process. Uh, um, yeah, because we lost all of our food. And, you know, I feel like family and freezer, right? Like I cohabitate with my parents and my son and the freezer is our life and the refrigerator. I mean, it's everything. <laughs> it's like where we have all- of our snacks and like you said my insulin our insulin has to be refrigerated that refrigerator just went out and for 10 days everything's on back order supply chain issues so the refrigerator is also popular just because it has gone it's been used a lot more in the uh in the uh, environment that we're in where everybody's working from home and a lot of opening and, and just going into the fridge more and putting more in there so a lot of people's fridge has been broken what i found out yeah yeah. So, and, and I would imagine like a lot of like, you know, taco trucks and a lot of other like food servicing trucks use these for their career as well. Like there's so many here in the Bay area now. And a lot of them are like, you know, like the branding is becoming like more and more like prominent. So like, I'm sure like those folks take those careers very seriously. Also, I'm sure there's a play here about um, the ice cream man. So you wouldn't have the ice cream man coming ice through your, your neighborhood unless it was for this uh, refrigerated system. So go Frederick, go. go, Frederick, go. Thank you, Frederick. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Paris, what you got? So the other thing that was exciting to me was the potato chip uh, building off Kylie's start with the food. Uh, but the fact that it, it's a funny thing to think about, right? Cause it's like the potato chip um, I'm not like a major potato chip eater, but my son is and loves uh, to make like his own, like he loves to have his own made. So like we use the air fryer and make our own chips. And, um, but that's the humble beginnings of the potato chip was uh, created by a man named George Crumb, who was originally named uh, George Speck. Um, that's what he was born as. Um, and he li uh, lived in New York, uh, upper New York state, um, but he was a, a line cook. Um, and he was working in this New England restaurant uh, um, on Saratoga Lake. And uh, he started sort of experimenting with uh, fried potatoes and slicing them really thin. And it's like folklore about how exactly the potato chip was, was invented. Like, was it him like just experimenting, refining it? Was it like his sister apparently who worked in the same restaurant and like shared with him how to do it? And no one really knows, but like New England, which I feel like is really connected to the potato chip because for people that don't know, like a lot of the, the lobster rolls, a lot of like the sandwiches that are New England specific, especially like seafood sandwiches all come with chips, but there's they're, they're, they're uh, processed a certain way. So they're not like, they do their own chips. They're very homemade, very, um, you know, very, very thinly sliced, but seasoned with their seasoning. And so it's usually like, you know, this is whatever the seasoning is that they prefer 
um, vinegar, different things like that. Um, so it's just interesting that that, you know, this young black man working in a restaurant, um, you know, just really inspired not only the potato chip, but like just kind of making food an experimental process because he also experimented with like game in the kitchen and all these other particular like delicacies in the restaurant. And I thought like how exciting that that is what allowed cooks in New England to start sort of thinking about how to explore their skills and creativity that he was like an inspiration for that. So not just for, you know, um, the idea of potato chips, which you think about like, like summer camp specialty, like, or yesterday I went, you know, my son had course rehearsal as they were exiting, every kid got a bag of uh, Lay's, <laughs> like one of those snack bags. And it's just like, something so casual, but like, it's everywhere. So shout out to George Crumb, um, who eventually did own a restaurant called Crumbs, but yeah. Crumbs? Interesting. Oh my God, that's it, so you know, cute. Without, without the B, right? And I just thought like, how cool is that? George Crumb. Um, who made the potato trip and like, Which what is, yeah, crumbs, crumbs, crumbs. and I love it. So it's really sweet. And I just was like, yeah, we can get so overlooked for things like that, but experimentation for one, like experimentation and refinement on cooking is like something we do. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I love I, how it's like one of those, one of those, I'm echoing. I'm you are echoing. Twitch? Oh, you're not Twitch? echoing for me. That's weird. It'll, That's it'll like happen no, and no. then. Okay, so I think I'm done echoing. Echo, 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 echo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I really like how how um, the potato chip has this like longevity to it. So it was like kind of like one of those foods where it's like back then folks were always about like the dehydrated foods, the foods they could put in the pantry, mm -hmm. making sure that there was a way to preserve the food. So it, so you, you didn't have to spend so much money to keep replacing. And so I think that's something that, that the, with the potato chip, it had like a long shelf life before it yeah. became stale or if with proper care, it would have a long shelf life. So, yes. um, and I'm sure that's why it got real popular because it's like one of those things like, oh, not only that you're making like potatoes, which when potatoes are hyper wet, like they only can last so long, but when you have it in a more like dehydrated, crunchy form, it can last longer. And so I know that's what a lot of like dehydrated foods happen like with wars and stuff because it's like, okay, we need to take all these like foods and like maneuver them a bunch and how can we keep people nourished while we're fighting? And so like, that was like something to put in consideration. So that's where dehydrated food came from. Um, and so yes. I'm glad that this kind of made it as the real. Now these days, unfortunately, like, you know, chips do get a bad rep because it's like salty, a bunch of sodium, like super starchy. It, like yeah, and there's a lot of other new, like nuances that go into like preserved food these days. Am I making robot noises? Do you have a filter on for Twitch? I do not. Oh my God. What is happening? Do you guys hear that? Okay. Let's move on. Gremlins. There's a glitch in the machine. issues today, folks. It's been weird. Um. <laughs> Wow. Here to wrap things up. How, how do you guys feel? Can we just wrap things up? 
Oh my God. Uh, so I was we- going to give a shout out about voice over IP, which is making this uh, stream possible because that was invented by a black woman. And I'm like, well, you know what? Y'all messed it up, right? Like somebody got a hold of it. Google, Zoom, WhatsApp. I don't know which one of y'all, but y'all messed up this this protocol. And now we having these kind of issues. Woo. It's okay. We're, we're rolling through it. Rolling through the deep. That's not even melodically correct. <laughs> we suck it we down. To the inventor, because y'all messing up out here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to skip Just Nerdy this week. We'll go ahead and uh, postpone next nerd. Just nerdy for next time. Um, but there is a couple of things that we want to go over. We do have a big move Monday. Uh, big move Monday is going to go to Aramis 616 and King Size the Vet, friend of the show. Um, they got some projects coming up. And so this is kind of a little bit of a teaser for their release project that's not quite there yet. Um, and so with that being said, they just wanted to, you know, put them on the map. So, um, they are both Midwest MCs. Aram is from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Michigan. Michigan. Why did I say that wrong? My bad, bro. Now I'll never, they're never going to talk to me again. All right. (laughs) And he would, and he would love you because yes. Meeting him for the, he, he's, he's an awesome person. And I really like Aramis. Like I, I, uh, yeah. So he would love you without a question. All right. He would be one Great. of his favorite people. <laughs> Big hearts, man. I'm so sorry to butcher your, <laughs> your, your home, your home stomping grounds. Uh, and then, uh, King Size of that grew up in Wauku Kagan. Wow. What are these names today? I can't talk. He's from Illinois. Make some noise for Illinois. Collectively, they have done collaborations with some indie rap heavy hitters, including Mickey Fax, Creative Mindframe, Megaran, Chino, Don Pacino of Kill Army, Grayson, Lost Perception, Bibble Ashara, and many, many more. Drawing inspiration from their own life experiences, comics, retro video games, and anime, Aramis 616 and King Size blends the sounds of classic boom bap and modern hip hop with a focus on quality over quantity. Ooh, spicy. They consider themselves lyricists and strive to stay creative with the pen while simultaneously delivering a smooth and consistent performance. They met met at Anime Midwest. I don't deserve to read these. <laughs> what year did it say? No. Oh. <laughs> they first met at Anime Midwest, and um, back while cl- oh, back at Anime Midwest, and since then they've been collaborating. Um, with all the nerdcore indie rap social bullying going on, King Size decided it was time to link up with Aramis and make a full project. There's not a lot of heroism in hip hop, King Size says. But you know, King Size is there to be the homie and to overshadow everybody and be Pops McGee when it comes to keeping everybody in check. He is he like everybody's father? Uh-huh. <laughs> he is the only Christian nerdcore artist I know. <laughs> oh, Omega oh, oh, Sparks. You know Omega Sparks. Is he a Christian nerdcore artist? Yes. Sorry, just putting the title. For, okay, I am not laughing at your guys's religion. 
and your faith and your foundation of faith. That's not what I'm laughing at. I'm laughing at the two conceptual genres and mushing them together. That's what I'm it laughing at. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's basically on them. Uh, next time when we do Big Month Monday, I'll make sure that you guys read it because obviously I am just butchering it and it deserves beef from me later. No, you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing excellent. No, you're doing great. You made it fun and they're fun folks. And Keith the vet yeah. is going to send you little red balloons and tell you he's proud. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, <I'm> Dad. <laughs> They are absolutely, I I actually haven't really had the chance to meet um, Aramis, but I have met King Size and he's just, he's great. He's a great human being to talk to and he's just always the homie gassing everybody up, which I absolutely love. Um, So yeah, they are Big Move Monday, so catch them on our Monday shout out on Instagram and they'll also be on our Twitch page for a week until next week. So Awesome. Yeah. Check out their stuff. They do have some projects out there, but just keep your eyes out for the one that's coming up pretty soon. Um, any call to actions this week? Just be nice to yourself. Be good to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Oh goodness. I know Valentine's day is, um, not always like a happy day for everybody. So I would say the call to action would be to practice some self-love that is definitely needed. I know we're all kind of going through it this February. Um, Each and every one of us has had like something because life is life and it's lifing. Look at us lifing right now. We are lifing. Nice, Kylie. Yeah. Self-love on Valentine's Day is just as important. Yes. Yeah. Do your Galentines (laughs) or even if it means like taking a bath with like your glass of orange juice, your glass of wine, your glass of water, light them candles. If it means taking a walk, if it means even buying your own chocolates, if it means just sustaining your routines, just do all those things. That's great ideas. Light my candles, take my bath after my walk. Rub my own feet. Uh Rub your own feet. Keep your shit moisturized. (laughs) for real Queen Helene thanks you yes Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) all right well that comes to a nice conclusion of today's episode of Lady Blurred Sinks the Blues thank you so much for joining us today I'm sometimes Fee we got Kylie Two Smarts and we also got prowess the testament you can find us on lady blurred's podcast on instagram lady blurred sings the blues on facebook for these audio recording you can find it on spotify apple pods and also soundcloud oh actually we kind of have a little bit of an update about the the spotify thing don't we to kind of update our message from last week are we still it's evolving so stay we probably should make an update next week because that's yeah. evolving yeah we we have some refounded uh or renewed remarks about that uh because we found out more information which kind of contradicts what we stand for so um but yeah nonetheless you'll find us here on spotify um and also don't forget to always find find us here on twitch uh you can find this out you're here on sometimes V's channel and catch us on Thursdays for Twitter Thursdays, where we do um, interviews and shooting the shows or shooting the shoot, shooting the sh- <laughs> shooting the shot, not shitting in your pants. Shooting, 
A shitteration. A shitteration, hateration, holleration. Uh, well, we're always shooting the shit with our favorite folks within nerdcore and other and other genres in between. So, yes. So, thank you for being here with us, and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. <laughs>